0: Hey, BARD listeners. If you live in New York City and love the public library, we need your help. This past fall, our public libraries sustained deep mid-year cuts that forced an end of seven-day service and reduction of our materials and programs. We're now facing more budget cuts for the coming fiscal year. Libraries across the city stand to lose $58.3 million in funding. If these cuts are not reversed, we may have to reduce materials and programming yet again, including further reductions to our days of service. As many as half of all New York City libraries would be open only five days a week. The good news is you can help. Send a letter to city leaders telling them that you support the library. It's easy, it only takes 30 seconds, and you can do it now. If you live in Brooklyn, go to bklynlibrary.org standup, all one word, to fill out the form. If you live in any of the other boroughs, you can send a letter on behalf of Queen's Public Library or New York Public Library. Learn how at investinlibraries.org. Thank you so much for your support. Hey,
1: Adua. Hey, Carissa. So it has been a while since we recorded a new episode and a lot has been happening at the library. So, Adjua, what have you been up to? I'm actually back at one of the branches getting ready to start up Lobby Service.
0: What's, uh, what's Lobby Service? So Lobby Service um, is a pared-down resource that we're offering to patrons so that they can return their loved, very loved books from the last four months at one of our designated locations. Um, And they can also pick up holds that they've placed uh, during the last four months.
1: So what's it like being back at the branch?
0: So far, it's been pretty quiet since the public can't be in the space while the staff is there. But we've been busy weeding, which is when we check out our shelves um, to make sure that there's nothing super old on there or... Uh, we're making sure there aren't any damaged materials. And I've, I've realized that I, I missed browsing bookshelves. You know, I could only browse my my small library at home. Um, and so that was getting pretty boring. We've also been doing inventory, which serves the same purpose as weeding. But basically, we're beefing up the shelves so that they look good when the patrons come back.
1: Yeah, so we know what we've got, right? Yeah, it's um, it's like a census of the stacks. A census of the stacks. What Aja was talking about, that lobby service model, we started back in mid-July with seven branches, and we've got another 10 opening up for lobby service this coming Monday. In this new universe of, of really limited service, we're kind of learning how different neighborhoods use their local branches. So Kings Highway, for instance, it's one of our bigger branches in southern Brooklyn, got inundated in those first two weeks with book returns. We had these epic photos of an entire room full of bins that were quarantining for, you know, four days before we can even check them back in. But then if you go over to New Lots in East New York, the pickups and returns were a lot lower. And we realized, you know, it's because though that's a super popular and busy branch before the pandemic, it was really getting used for laptop loans and teen space and GED classes. None of which we can really offer right now. So while we've got all of this thriving virtual services and programs and ebook lending going on, reopening these seven branches and soon to be 17, it's been really illuminating and, and kind of humbling.
0: So, Borrowed is going to take a bit of a break while we sort out how to be
1: a new kind of library in a new kind of world. But in the meantime, we are digging into the research for season three. We're gonna have an episode about what Adju and I were just talking about, how libraries have changed a lot in the past few months. And we're gonna have another one about the racial equity issues that are happening in the library and in our communities. One of the episodes
0: will be focused on the history of East New York, And in particular, the New Lots branch, which Krista mentioned before, because it sits next to a once unacknowledged African burial ground. And in another episode, we'll be taking a look at two early 20th century female librarians who passed as white in a predominantly white profession. All of that will be coming to you in season three when we start back up in September.
1: But we wanted to leave you with a little sound portrait, a snapshot of Brooklyn as our city reopens and readjusts to its new normal. Since our libraries have been closed for the last four months, we've been on the lookout for organizations that have been acting in the spirit of public libraries. Right.
0: And one of the things on the rise in Brooklyn and across the country are mutual aid groups. One of our volunteer interviewers on the Our Streets, Our Stories COVID-19 project, Zoe Gruskin, documented the experiences of several Brooklynites who were involved early on in groups like Bed-Stuy Strong and South Brooklyn Mutual Aid. Those oral histories are on our website at eklynlibrary.org slash osos, so you can listen to them at any time.
1: For this episode, our producer Virginia met up with members of mutual aid groups across Brooklyn who were involved in setting up and running community refrigerators. So these are fridges that are plugged in outside homes or businesses and stocked with free food for anyone to take. I
2: have on the 6th, I have these vegetables. This is mainly cucumbers, zucchini, tomatoes, and celery. Great. And I'm going to do a sweep. Do you need any more oats?
0: On a hot, bustling street in Brooklyn's Bedford-Syvinson neighborhood this past July, a small group of volunteers stood outside Bread and Life food pantry, waiting to pick up food that
2: wouldn't be used that day. Tomorrow, we're, we're expecting to get two pallets of eggs, That's over 22,000 eggs.
1: (laughs) That's Thaddeus. He's a member of In Our Hearts, an anarchist network here in New York City and an experienced dumpster diver. He was one of the first people to set up a community fridge here in Brooklyn. These days, he spends most of his time biking around to pantries and grocery stores and helping coordinate a network of community fridges that have popped up
2: since the pandemic started. So the first one went up in February and... uh, One of the local news channels saw our tweet and just showed up. And I talked to them and uh, told them about the fridge. And like since then, it's just been like the ball has been rolling. Things have been happening. We went from being like a core handful of just, just a handful of volunteers to over 150 right now.
1: My name is Blue. I'm gonna be
0: going to Uptown today to go to our Harlem fridges, our Bronx fridges, um, our Washington Heights fridge, and likely our Bushwick fridge too, because that one is definitely the one that is the most high traffic right now, just because of its location on Knickerbocker. Today we're here getting donations from a food pantry, but a lot of the purpose of the community fridges, especially moving forward once we're out of a pandemic, is that it'll be about the community surrounding the fridges to make connections to their local restaurants and grocery stores, and even making the connection within themselves of when they go grocery shopping, can they afford an extra dozen of eggs or an extra half gallon of milk and just drop it at the fridge on their way home? Because that's what's really going to make it sustainable. Once Blue's car and Thaddeus's cargo bike were loaded with eggs and milk and veggies and pie crust, they set off to refill various fridges. Thaddeus biked back to his house on Van Buren Street to restock the community fridge plugged in outside of his apartment. On the way, a few of his neighbors came out to help. I'm Christy. Um, I live pretty close to where the fridge is um, here in Bedsty. And I read about the fridge and I was like, hmm, too good to be true. And I biked by and just like, nope, it's real. It has a beautiful sign that says free food. And so it's been a really great way to supplement my fridge. Um, And then also kind of giving back and helping out with restocking and packing. we got sunflower seeds, chicken, quinoa,
2: pie crust, (laughs) milk,
0: pasta. What's nice about the fridge is there's always an amazing mix of produce and usually organic produce, which is great because a lot of people don't have access to that in this neighborhood. But then there's also, you know, baked goods and milk and like
2: your staples.
0: One hour it's stocked, and three hours later it's empty. So
2: people definitely make use of it. But right. this is, they should be blessed. I keep telling that, but they have to be blessed by whoever.
1: That last voice is a Queens resident who works in bed as a home health aide. She takes the bus every day that drops her off on the corner. So she's been coming to the fridge to take food since February.
2: Every morning, early in the morning, because this is where I get off and it, when it's not time for me to work. I sit right there and, uh, you know, I just come around and check. My name is Raymond. In the community, they call me Pop Ray. Yes, I live live one block over. We do have pantries in the community. We consider this an extension. It also gives an extra opportunity for community members to bridge together uh, and converse. So I'm taking advantage of this opportunity to shout out to all members of bed community, step high, step forward, bring your appetite, and enjoy the offerings of the outdoor fridge.
0: And it's not just in bed As of this week, there are 34 community fridges set up in the
1: New York City area. And more are popping up in other cities, too. Virginia biked to another food fridge, this one outside of Abracadabra Magic Deli in Bushwick, where another volunteer, Chris, was unloading packaged meals for kids into the community fridge there.
2: The first um, drop-off I made was orange juice and eggs, and immediately, like, a five-year-old girl ran and grabbed, like, eggs and OJ, and she was, like, she totally scored. She was so happy. Well, I've been protesting since the 90s, and I was involved in, like, queer liberation, gay rights in the 90s, and um, often, you know, I was involved in Occupy Wall Street, and um, I've been heavily protesting the last, like, couple months with Black Lives Matter. It's really intense. There's a lot of, like, confrontation with the police, and um, I wanted to find a way to get involved with mutual aid. and uh, do something that wouldn't be as confrontational, like, sometimes. And um, I just saw this on Instagram. I think people are really turned on now to the idea of mutual aid. Um, It's something that the Black Panther Party embraced. And I think people are, in rediscovering that history of, like, the Black Power Movement of the 60s, they're rediscovering mutual aid. So after that pandemic, uh, lots of people, they lost their job and lots of people, they don't have paper and they didn't get their unemployment. So uh, like they were hungry.
0: This is Delara. She works at Abracadabra Magic Deli. A few weeks ago, the deli was asked if they would be able to host a free food fridge outside their store.
2: So of course, uh, and we would like to support too. Not only we give food, uh, but also we give Um, free lemonade to the uh, donor to to one who donates i think every neighborhood should put one there's so much food wasted and also so much people they want to help and give and and so much people who needs food not only in uh, in bushwick uh, in every every block there should be
0: You know, hearing these stories, it definitely sounds like these free food fridges are being operated in the same spirit as public libraries. You know, they're seeing a need and finding a way to fill it. We'll put a link in our show notes to a map of all the active fridges in New York City so
1: you can visit them, take food, or help out. And you can listen to some fellow Brooklynites by exploring our archive of oral histories called Our Streets, Our Stories. So to hear that, you're going to go to bklynlibrary.org slash osos to see them all laid out on an interactive map. Borrowed is brought to you by Brooklyn Public Library and is hosted by me, Krista Corbett-Kavoris, and Adjua Adusei. You can find a transcript of this episode at our website, bklynlibrary.org slash Bard is produced and written by Virginia Marshall with help from
0: Fritzi Bodenheimer, Jennifer Prophet, Merrill Friedman, and Robin Lester Kenton. Our music composer is Billy Libby.
1: We will be back in September, though the library is continuing to offer all kinds of great services virtually as we slowly reopen our spaces. Until we're back in your feeds, stay cool and wear a mask.